Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. Welcome into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. It is just me. It'll be Spencer back in uh, here in just a little bit, but Tanner helping us get uh, this plane at least up off the ground. Hope everyone is doing all right. Tanner, how are you today, buddy? Doing okay? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. How are you doing, Mark? Doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm curious because I know you're around for the other shows a little bit earlier in the day. Uh, and, you know, it's very rare in the life of this show that we've reached uh, this time of year where it's re- where it's hard to talk about basketball uh, and you start looking for other things uh, to hit on. But goodness, it just doesn't feel right to not do too much about basketball at this time of year. So I'm kind of curious what what's been your sense of people's uh, states of mind up to this point? Well, I was just on the V show, so that was a, a, a full three hours of ADHD. So there was not a lot of covering sports today, I'll be honest. But, um, you know, basketball, the college basketball world has been very exciting. You know, what was the U.K. ranked 10th last night? They just up by four with like 39 seconds left. I, I was working at my uh, restaurant job and it was filled, filled with U.K. fans. And then there was this one old man named George. He had a uh, Gators hat on and he was my best friend last night. He well, made everything good. Shout out George, first of all. We appreciate him, whoever he is. <laughs> it was awesome because the whole time they were down by 39 and some U.K. fan was like, oh, George, you think they're going to do it? And he was like, ah, they might. We need Billy Donovan back. And then they tied it up. He's like, the power of Billy Donovan. <laughs> That's great. He was awesome, though. Shout out, I, George. I'll tell you a, the funniest, uh, very quickly, story about ever about watching a U.K. game uh, in, a, like in, a, in a restaurant like you uh, where – Everyone in the place was in, was rooting for UK except for me, basically. And, and I cannot remember what year it was, but it was a very, very long time ago uh, at a uh, Beef O'Brady's, and the, Kentucky was playing Arkansas. I believe it was a game that went seven overtimes or something like that many years ago. And earlier in the game, this game was like nip-tuck, you know, in the fourth quarter, and earlier in the game, Kentucky had blocked a punt. And I think I may have told the story one other time, but, like, UK had blocked a punt, They'd gone to commercial. They came back for a fourth down punt in the fourth quarter with the game either tied or really close. And coming out of the commercial break, they replayed the punt block from earlier to say, like, hey, watch out. Kentucky blocked one earlier. Well, you know, sometimes at a before Brady's sports bar, whatever, the place, like the audio of the TVs is not always easy to hear. 
and everyone in the place went nuts, thinking Kentucky had blocked another punt and run it in for a touchdown to take the lead or tie the game or whatever it was in that situation. And then the I've never heard more of a collective loud groan from adults realizing they just spent time cheering for something that didn't happen like I did there. And here I am like 25 years later, I still think about it, whenever it was. Was there like one fan that was like, wait, hold on. This play looks very, very, very familiar. No, not <laughs> oh, one. Not the a... assumption immediately was we did it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, George, I feel you, buddy, and I'm glad that you were vindicated in person. And look, last night was a that was an extremely fun game to watch. Uh, just as a basketball junkie, Kentucky losing, of course, always a little bit fun. Uh, on top of not a little bit fun, it's a lot of fun, you know. On top of it, uh, and seeing the very instant return of the dissatisfaction with Cal uh, and and the feeling that this season is going the way that the last couple of them have why have any gone foul though that's like I'm not like a, I'm not saying like oh I know basketball like I grew up playing hockey I grew up playing sure. baseball like I've never stepped foot on the court besides like playing like pickup with my bu- my buddies but like I was like and yeah I'm a U of L fan like I'm screaming at the table like, Cal. It even occurred to you to foul. Yeah, like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) Look, it's a... I can see where Kenny gets his uh, coaching traits from. Okay, so, I mean, (laughs) hey. Sorry. So, no, there's nothing wrong with saying that. I kind of have found myself repeatedly lately, whenever I do watch them play, thinking to myself like oh there that's where they get it yeah. like i you know and it's i don't know that that's totally fair uh, or if, or if it's not exactly what uh, people are thinking whenever they think about him now uh, as well but it is that sort of uh, just ringing the value out of every little situation every little possession uh, that we've i know we associated with rick and other great coaches uh, and we don't think about cal necessarily that way whether it's fair or not uh, that is what we think about. And sure enough, man, uh, in a crucial situation up three, they don't. Uh, and the guy hits a three, ties the game, sends it to overtime. And they dominated in overtime. Florida owned oh. them in overtime uh, after that. Took the the air right out of that place. Reed Shepard, by the way, also totally their favorite player, utterly asleep on the game tying three. Oh, yeah. Horribly. It was the uh, the pump fake that that, yep. that was when I knew that they were tying it up was the pump fake and then all the U.K. fans. Oh. And then. Yeah. A great shot too. I don't even know who the player was, but awesome, awesome shot. It would look, that was an incredibly fun uh, game, uh, and I don't, I don't listen. I, I, I am a junkie for college basketball. I know that we all are. The Louisville market is known exactly for this very thing, and I, I would love to know from folks if it has made it easier to just watch other games or harder to watch other games with the level of dissatisfaction with things that have gone on around that are going on, you know, around here. Because I I could see it kind of going either way. For some folks, it's like, I don't even want to see good basketball. Or it's, well, if I want to see good basketball. I'll just turn on another game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure maybe maybe the fan base divides into two uh, populations of people uh, like that. I would love uh, to hear from folks. But I was unnerved by coming into the text line. I have no, you know, Tanner, I do this. I look at the text line. It's usually fairly dormant between – Maybe the end of Maven's show and me because we don't have the 12 to 3 uh, show. And so I never know what they were talking about or are talking about. Uh, so when I come in and look at the text line, I love to see like the, the last handful of texts just to see what, if I could try to figure it out. And I get things like this 
My 11-year-old peed his pants during a football game because he was having a great game and didn't want to come out, which that's a hardcore 11-year-old, and I love I think, that. I think Channing Crowder did that uh, when he was on the Dolphins, the uh, podcast guy. I heard him say that when the rain games, you can pee your pants. Yeah. I remember that, yes. <laughs> I played um, in rain games. You cannot pee your pants. <laughs> uh, Ray Whitney in hockey, he uh, during the national anthem, like it, you know how the national anthem, it's a little long. And he uh, he openly admitted in an interview after the game, he's like, yeah, no, because uh, they're like, hey, Whitney, uh, why'd you run back to the locker room after the anthem? And he was like, oh, I, I, I peed my pants. <laughs> like, he's like, it was too long. I couldn't do it. If the astronauts can do it, I can do it. Very yes, famous. Exactly. Remember that? Pete right in his suit as they were taking off or whatever it was. <laughs> Texture says, so where did you wash your hands the time you pissed in the sink? See, this is they had to have been talking about <laughs> Nick peeing in the sink. That's all I... I'm getting, I see, I'm used to getting spit on, I feel you, another texter tweeted that. So I don't know what they were talking about at the end of Maven's show, but it must have been amazing. It's always, it's always an interesting show with them. You can never assume. Yeah. That is for sure. Uh, so look, we got a lot uh, to get into here uh, today. Uh, on a Thursday, uh, just a heads up to everybody, Biscuit's got something going on uh, tomorrow. So Jeff Light's going to sit in uh, tomorrow. Uh, and he's, I think he has sat in two other times, and I've enjoyed both times. Uh, and I think Jeff is a really smart guy, uh, a really uh, articulate guy, energetic. Uh, I think he's really perceptive. I love little, little uh, I have found recently enjoying him catching little clips, little things uh, either locally or just from some kind of sports stories uh, around the country lately. So I'm excited that he's going to sit in. He'll get his first uh, taste of something gas bag too. So oh. I'm looking forward to uh, to Jeff being in here. I feel like he'll be good. I feel like that guy's got a lot of knowledge, like random stats and – Hey, who wore this jersey? Oh, boom. And it's just, I, I, I can just see him being a genius with that stuff. And I've only known him for a short time. And it's been a few times when we have like our, our uh, ESPN tailgates for football games. And me and him always chatting it up with it. I, lo- I love that guy. He's very smart-minded, especially coming to, uh, when it comes to sports. For sure. Uh, interestingly uh, enough, uh, th- this I think is kind of fascinating what's going on in the world of, of college football and really just like kind of college sports taking stock of where they are, how things are changing, how it's going to be different uh, in especially in the major revenue producing sports with uh, basketball, both men, women and football, uh, of course, uh, with what's happening with coaches. And I think it was look, nobody wants to be doing a coaching change right now at all in college football because right now you can't really even do a whole lot in the portal uh, at this point unless you lost your coach. You can really only lose guys. Uh, there, is, there aren't tons of signees that you can even get uh, at this point, and everybody's kind of at the place where they want to be. And then lo and behold, here we've got uh, in, the, in the last 24 hours or so two fairly uh, important moves here, uh, the first being Jeff Halfley, the, the head coach at Boston College, who really, uh, I think, uh, put together one of the the most surprising kind of mid-season turnarounds that I can really recall. Uh, making a quarterback change early in the season, we all remember what it was like when they came here. They played Florida State close the week before, uh, and that was kind of out of nowhere. And people really just sort of held that against Florida State. Uh, and then Louisville beat the hell out of them. And then Boston College was a decent team after that. But when we, we talk about them, uh, we've always talked about the fact like that's a really hard place to win in college football as it exists now, especially as like the money part of this kind of gets more explicit and more out there. Uh, that that's, we've all recognized Boston College as one of many schools 
who are going to have to kind of take stock of whether they even want to play this game uh, anymore. Uh, and maybe one of those that you look at and say, like, I don't really even know that they will want to or that I would be shocked if they if they got out of all of this uh, and they lose their coach. Now he is heading to the NFL and not to become a head coach, uh, but to become the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so leaving a head coaching job in college to become a coordinator in the NFL uh, and you you know you cannot help but feel like there's some there's something to be concerned about in the world of college football if a head coach will leave to become a coordinator in the NFL like, I think, that, I think that I seems like a warning sign to me I think I saw something that was like this is kind of like a Jay Wright move where it was like he couldn't or he doesn't want to like get into the NIL and all that stuff and like it, it's pro- definitely a lot harder to be recruiting kids to Boston College like say what you want like they had some good players back in the day but like it, it's definitely a hard job to try and recruit kids out of there you know because then you're oh yeah you can come play for, in the a- ACC yeah but then you got Louisville you got FSU you got Clemson you got NC State like they're kind of the doormat of the ACC even despite that turnaround the uh last season but it it was definitely an interesting move, especially at D.C., because the first thing I thought was Jack Plummer threw five touchdowns on his defense, and the Packers were like, that's it. That's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think it is. <laughs> the undrafted rookie, Jack Plummer, making his first start against who? The Packers. That's right. Or maybe he's shaking in no, his boots. No, you know what would be great is is if uh, Halfley gets to the NFL, right, and he sits down in the Packers meeting and was like, I know we've got our guy, but listen. This dude Plummer <laughs> tore us up. <laughs> and this is we p- had no answer. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, what about the other teams that played against them? Hey, 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 hey. We don't talk about that. <laughs> you hire Jeff Halfley. You want Jeff Halfley's opinion? I'm giving you Jeff Halfley. You <laughs> <laughs> can't do nothing with, with Jack Plummer. But you can imagine. Uh, we have heard this from from folks around the world of college football that it most certainly is the case that. College head coaches are doing a different job than they thought they would have been doing even five years ago uh, as kind of CEO types, fundraiser types. It's almost like being the head of a foundation or something or a charity. It's kind of like just being a GM of like an NFL team. Like you just, all right, I'll pay you this to come here kind of thing. Like, hey. Yeah, but in 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 particular, the uh, the public relations slash for, I mean, there isn't a better word for it than the fundraising element of the job almost overshadowing everything else. And you can imagine how if if you're the head coach at Alabama or Georgia or even Louisville and Kentucky or Miami or schools where there's a, an insanely rabid fan base uh, and you've got a lot to work with and people who are eager to be involved in the process – it's probably not the worst job in the world to try and wrangle those people to support the team. It's obviously there are a lot of schools where it's just not that big of a deal Uh, or like the lack of it. it, That's never going to happen. You're going to have your support. You're going to have your people. Uh, And even if you don't love how much time you spend on it, you're not going to lack it. But if you are the head coach at Austin college, I would imagine having to do the exact same work like that. But not only that, to try and overcome the deficit you're kind of already at by being at a place that's kind of resource challenged like Boston College compared to the rest of the ACC or, God forbid, the Big Ten of the SEC as well. 
That's a pretty damn difficult job. Yeah. And I, I, I do not blame anybody for looking at this uh, and saying, I'm just going to go try. My life's going to be better off just as a, a coordinator. Like, I'm in the NFL. Just get in the NFL and go that way. Uh, and it really does seem like the two are, if coaches have a choice, they're going to do the they can if they really want to and think they can't they're going to try and get to the nfl because at least there it's it might be more high stakes but it's just the job right like nobody none of these head coaches in the nfl are having to spend time raising money (laughs) raising money uh for their teams but we've because of the nature of sort of the ncaa and its own feckless kind of uh leadership we're in a position where we do ask our coaches to do this now we ask fans to pay the players and coaches to raise the money. Yeah. I'm just imagining Mike McCarthy going up to Jerry Jones. Hey, can we raise more money? Dude, we're the most profitable football team, and there's a cap <laughs> There's a cap space. So, like, no, we really can't. <laughs> Very quickly, I had asked a couple of you, or I had asked, uh, just does it make it easier to watch games or harder uh, to watch games? Uh, Texture says, it pisses me off to watch other basketball games. <laughs> especially the games between mid-majors, and I see them passing and dunking and looking just generally faster and more athletic, but I bet on games to watch through a different lens. Now that, there, look, there's, there's betting redeeming somebody's viewing experience, which I appreciate yeah. that uh, very much. Uh, a couple of the others. I've been way more objective when filling out my bracket the last few years with Louisville not being in the tournament. Yeah, a miserable objectivity, right? Like, I didn't ask for that. Can I please go back to being a homer? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think about this all the time. This is a text. I used to work with a lady, really nice lady, uh, who, for reasons I do not understand, was convinced that Arizona was going to win the NCAA tournament every year. That was every. like me and uh, my buddy back in high school. We were like, Wichita State. Ron Baker is the man. <laughs> Yeah, I think he got to like the Sweet 16, but like, yeah, no, there's always that team that's like, yeah, they're going to do it. It's like Gonzaga. That's how I always look at it. It's like a lot of people are always picking Gonzaga, and it's like, yeah, they'll get there. They'll fall short. It's it's one of those teams. I'll yeah, make- I do I do still have my, uh, my bracket filling out strategy always. Uh, I do not pick a Big Ten team to even make the Final Four. Like, I just play the, the, the numbers. Hey, the – they're not going to win the championship, so I'm not even going to bother picking one to win the whole thing. I'm not even going to pick them to win the final to make it to the final four. Yeah, and I still have that. I used to be able to. Uh, it used to be safe, and I could always bet against uh, John Thompson the third when he was at Georgetown. Like I knew they would, they would flame out. They almost always did. Uh, you know that uh, sort of thing. But yes, there there is that sort of tournament objectivity that I'm not looking for uh, and do not enjoy. Texas says it's easily worse. I'm not even angered. Uh, I'm just disinterested, period. Like Florida and the Sugar Bowl, I just don't care, and that sucks. The last few years has taken the entire sport from me. The good news is I think it's it'll it, as far away as I think every, everybody feels from the basketball we are accustomed to, you're always only one step back. Like that's the nice thing. They're not going to have to trudge through an equal amount of time and steps to get good again. Right, like that's I think the only redeeming part of this entire thing that this uh, chest hair growing experience that we're all right, this character building experience that we're all going through here, hopefully uh, that we're going through together here is uh, worth it in the end because they it will it won't take long. 
it w- it will not take an equal amount of time to get good as it has to sort of wallow in where we are. And like that's I think that's the expectation most people have, and that's what I think is still true. Uh, and I I just don't think that we've lost you guys. And I understand Texture saying like it's taking the sport for me right. But I think almost to a man, there's nobody who's like, and this has cured me of liking college basketball at all, and I'm just never coming back. I just use the Louisville basketball situation. Like I look at the the whole scene where it's the little girls digging holes. I'm tired of this grandma. Well, that's too damn bad. Like that's right. it's just how it is. It's like I want I want Kenny Payne fired. Not yet. <laughs> like, uh, it builds character though. Texture said, my chest hair has turned completely gray in the last seven years. Yeah? yeah. I understand. I think this these days when hopefully we have a good coach and we have a good team in the next few years, I think we'll look back at these days, kind of laugh, and then be like, wow. How do we do that, guys? Like, yeah, a lot of head shaking, right? Like a lot of, you know, just how in the world did we even do this? Yeah. <laughs> Now, here's the, the, uh, another text that came in earlier in the show here. Texture says this. Hopefully, Josh Hurd makes the coaching decision without listening to virtue signalers. That was sent at 3.06. But the same person spent the whole morning and several other mornings texting into Maven's show about me. Oh. And I'm here to let everyone in to a little secret behind the curtain. Are you ready? We can see all of your old texts, too. <laughs> I just want all of you to know. None of you are safe. So, yeah, basically, uh, if you think you're slick and you like want to text in and trash one of us to some other show, we're all going to see all of it. We all have the text line on our phones. We can all see all the texts you send to everything. So the same person that said, hopefully, Josh Hurd makes the coaching decision without listening to virtue signalers. I knew what that meant immediately. We all work in the same building. We're all together during breaks. <laughs> like We, we all, all text each other all day. Yes. <laughs> We're all friends. <laughs> We've all been to each other's homes. We've well, all maybe pretty not much. Shrevel. I'm not texting him that much. <laughs> well, that's fair. We've also done. Uh, we've we've done shows from each other's houses. Like this is. It's silly to think that like we don't talk to one another or that you could trash us to one another. Maven and Ennis have major beef. If people didn't know. <laughs> so Texture says, um, "Wow, th- that was that same person earlier today. Wow, Nick is team beard. I take back everything. Will Ennis be comfortable going to work today?" St- Yes. I mean, that is shocking, though, that Nick is Team Beard. Before that. Oh, no. Steve said Chris Beard. Is Ennis going to come to work today, or is he going to be too disturbed by it? Oh, my God. I came to work, pal. That same person at 930. Blank's poll is great. Beard's preference went up after Ennis and Biscuit's moral police campaign against Beard. Ennis only wants a coach that's a registered Democrat. This person (laughs) has a hang-up. An enormous hang-up. A registered Democrat. Right, gets just gets to the podium. Thank you guys for coming here. God. I will let you guys know I am a Democrat, and then you just hear Ennis in the background. Just me. Yes, right. I'm yes. not even a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. This it is really my is guy. Great. Oh, it's wonderful. It oh. really is. Uh, so I just listen, just to let everybody know. Again, the real takeaway from that is not that I care about the politics, literally, of any coach at all uh, unless it has some sort of effect on the team for crying out loud which i can't even envision how anybody of any political whatever would have an effect on the team uh, i don't care one bit 
I just, in fact, I just had this. You want to believe this? You won't believe this. I don't think anyone will. I was just having a conversation the other day with, uh, with a, a really, really good friend of mine, not in radio, but I was like, you know what? Like I used to give Blankenbaker a hard time for wanting Bruce Pearl just because I've, like, I've never liked him. I've always thought he was just kind of shady. Just the, the vibe, right, of him, super shady. I just, there's something about him. I'm not always, and the other day I actually texted him out of the blue. I was like, you know what? That'd be fun as hell. Right? I told, I was like, you know what? I've totally, like, it would, it would be incredibly fun. And I don't, I don't, probably don't agree with him on anything. Compare the, and it would be amazing. Compare the technical foul of Kenny Payne this past oh, I weekend know. that I still don't even know what he did to, like, what a Bruce Pearl, like, technical foul would be. Sweat under the armpits, ripping off his shirt, like, <laughs> screaming. Oh, that would be funny, though. Imagine. Oh, listen. Well, listen. I think it's it is okay to be excited about another person there. Oh yeah. Uh, in that role and is imagining, and I think people are kind of already doing that. I know we were just joking a second ago about, you know, is, does it make it harder or easier to watch other games and that sort of thing? I, I find myself like remembering the Christmas vacation where he just like looks out the frozen back window and he's imagining the pool in the backyard that he's going to get. And then he doesn't get the bonus in the court, all that. But, like, he's just imagining the pool in his backyard and the kids are in And that's kind of how I watch other teams play now. Like, I'm like, oh, I, like, I'm just, let's take this guy and put him in the, um, like, yeah, that would work. Like, I find myself doing that all well, the time. I woke, like, before I got here, I was, I woke up and I grabbed my phone and I, I like, looked. First thing I saw was, like, Blank's, uh, like, his final results of it, of his uh, poll yesterday. And it's like Beard winning with uh, 44%. And then it's the next thing down from it is by Big Red Louie. Chris Beard should not be an option for Louisville basketball. And it's just, there's always a disconnect. <laughs> <laughs> that is also true. There, You're absolutely right uh, about that. So uh, we've got a lot we're going to get into here today. We've got a full one. Elliot, we'll talk with Elliot uh, a little bit later on, like we always do here uh, in the 3 o'clock hour. If you've got anything you want me to throw at him, uh, by all means, would love uh, to uh, – to run some stuff uh, by him. Uh, Fat Jack back this week at 4.30. We'll talk with him about betting on the Super Bowl. Uh, you've got a little over a week. We will talk about the Super Bowl some uh, here. Some of the craziest stories uh, around gambling, one of that I've ever heard uh, this week. We'll talk about that a, a little bit as well. Matt Fortuna going to join us at 5 o'clock. We'll talk with him about kind of these big, big, big picture things that are going on in the world of college sports and college football right now, like Halfley leaving a, you know, power five head coaching job to go become a coordinator in the NFL, uh, the, the, the states of Virginia and Tennessee suing the NCAA and what, what might be going on uh, there, uh, as well as some of the offseason storylines with head coaching changes and coaching changes, including, by the way, Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator who was going to Alabama with Kalen DeBoer, now apparently considering going to Seattle with new head coach Mike McDonald there, so that would be Galen Barty losing kind of his uh, whiz kid offensive coordinator already, uh, which I think would be a pretty brutal start uh, for him. I think but, they, they were looking at holding on to him as kind of a, you'll get a boost out of that because he's not going to be the, the coach that stayed at Washington to follow him, and instead you're going to have him, and now he might be gone too. Not great. I think America would love that. <laughs> Trouble in paradise. Oh, I most certainly think so as well. <laughs> Texter uh, into the uh, the personal bat phone here said, I hate watching other basketball because it makes me sad. 
Like the kind of sad that orphan kids feel when another kid gets parents. <laughs> what that's, a great, that's, that's a great way to put it. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> like the SpongeBob through the grate, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. But that is how it's been, I think, uh, for a lot of folks here. All right. We'll go ahead. We'll take our first break here. Uh, be right back. On the drive when I find the bill. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. You know, it has taken a while for everyone, I think, to just get used to the fact that uh, sports gambling, increasingly legal in places where it has never been legal before, and people having a uh, not having enough experience uh, with outfits that allow you to gamble and how not stupid they are and how very good at this they are and how very good at this they have been for a really really long time uh, the, you know all of the the proverbial jokes that you uh, make uh, that people make about how the, you know those Nobody in Vegas goes broke. Those lights are on for a reason. Those buildings are that bright for all that stuff, right? Like You're familiar with all that. It has been hilarious to me and sad kind of all at the same time to watch people sort of, uh, you know, F around and find out what these gambling, how good, how much better at this sort of thing the outfits are than you. And I'll be sure to ask Fat Jack about this uh, as well later on when he's on. But we will all recall that last year, Alabama's baseball coach, was fired, and then it was very quickly uh, determined, uh, kind of out of the blue, but it was very quickly determined afterwards that he was involved in basically insider gambling, sharing roster depth chart kind of info with someone to allow that person or people to gamble on Alabama baseball uh, with that knowledge. Only these people are very stupid. There's really no other way to say it uh, than that. Uh, and now we've got the NCAA's decision on what to do about that, along with kind of the full report of exactly what happened. And I have to tell you guys, it's hilarious. There's no other word for it. It's one of the funniest things I've ever read. Just a quick blurb. Just This is a, a lesson in what not to do if you're trying to get over on somebody while gambling, which is almost impossible to do anyway. It's something you probably should not ever try. Uh, but here's here goes. On April 28th, 2023, prior to Alabama baseball's game against LSU, Bohannon, 
That's the coach sent several electronic messages via the Signal encrypted messaging application to a better that Bohannon knew was involved in sports wagering activities. Turns out that person was in was in Ohio, in Cincinnati, betting at Great American Ballpark. The electronic messages indicated that an Alabama baseball student athlete, uh, the scheduled starting pitcher for that evening's contest against LSU, would not start the contest due to an injury. Bohannon provided this information to the better before reporting the starting lineup with the student athlete one replaced as the pitcher to the LSU staff. So before you know you switch you exchange lineup cards, he tells his buddy. So his buddy's got a little bit of time to go bet. Specifically, Bohannon texted this better. The pitcher, his name is Hammer, apparently, which is hilarious. Hammer is out for sure. Let me know when I can tell LSU. Hurry. Okay, so we're already Hall of Fame stupid for sending that text message. You're an idiot. You know how many times Luke and I have joked over the years about writing crime or like writing cheating in the memo line of a check? Like that's what this is. But it's not, we're not even close to how stupid this is. Continuing, shortly after receiving the electronic messages from Bohannon, the better attempted to place a $100,000 wager on the LSU baseball team at the BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. On Pete Roseway, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But the sportsbook staff limited the better to a $15,000 wager. So I want you to just imagine you're just like run-of-the-mill person that works the, the window at a sportsbook at this baseball stadium. <laughs> and a dude walks in and is like, I want to bet $100,000 on LSU baseball on this Wednesday afternoon or so whatever. We're in Cincinnati. <laughs> and they're like, no, first of all. But I'm sure these people have been trained in some degree or another. Like, well, this is fishy as hell, but the limit's 15000 Sir, why are you sweating so much? <laughs> <laughs> why did you run in here? Right? <laughs> Which is basically what happened. So you can imagine, if you were about to try and get over on an outfit, and they're like, can't bet that much. You can only bet 15000 You know what you do? Cool. Let's bet 15000 Thanks. But instead, this person did this. The better then attempted to place additional wagers involving the April 28th Alabama LSU baseball game, but the sportsbook staff declined the wagers due to suspicious activity. You think? The suspicious activity included the, the better's insistent demeanor to get the bet placed and statements to sportsbook staff that the bet was, quote, for sure going to win and, quote, if you guys only knew what I knew. The suspicious activity also included the better showing sportsbook staff messages from Bohannon and explaining that the messages were Bohannon informing the better that Alabama was scratching its starting pitcher before the game and before Bohannon alerted LSU. I mean, this guy went to the window and told them how he was trying to get over on them with the evidence on his phone. Which, by the way, the sportsbook, from my understanding, is has it on, like they were able to zoom in on his phone with their cameras and see what he was sending. So the, the coach is an idiot for, put, for leaving a record of this, like an idiot. But this guy taking it to the book, like, look, guys, I got the goods here to the sport. <laughs> He's confessing while trying to, con to commit the crime at the same time. I've never heard of anything so stupid in my life. That's pretty bad. That's that's awful. Don't get me wrong. I've definitely had a have had a five dollar bet, being like, "This is for sure gonna hit." I'm not not uh, trying to go for a hundred k. 
Oh, that's the thing. Like, his first mistake was in seriously trying to bet $100,000 <laughs> on a midweek college baseball game. Like, there's, there are so many people new to betting in a way that's legal that have no idea what those people who are handling all of your bets are tracking and what they know, what they keep track of, what they're aware of, and how not going to fall for it they are when one of us tries to get over on them. It will n- you will never get away with this. All right, what, what's more stupid, that or uh, Kashawn Booty and his, uh, his account? <sighs> Kashawn Booty won. <laughs> <laughs> 8,900 bets. <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. The, like this, just the sheer volume, but the fact that he created a fraudulent account with his own name on it, <laughs> yeah, uh, is is way way up there. You're right, you're right. I mean, those they're they're kind of two peas in a pod, right? Like there's two different ways of doing the same thing. Ironically, both LSU related bets too. <laughs> That's a good point, man. I didn't even think about that. What is going on in yeah, Baton Rouge? What's in the water down there, right? <laughs> what are the Cajuns doing? <laughs> so if you're going to bet. With inside knowledge. And look, this is not a new thing. I've mentioned before, you know, over the, the course of uh, doing this show and, and writing for uh, various outlets, I've been hit up before sports betting was really legal anywhere. I've, I've gotten, you know, people who work in sports books in Atlantic City and Vegas who have DM'd, like, has, just wondered if this guy was going to play. You know, like, I've gotten that many times. So people have, uh, you know, they do it too. The sports books do it too. But one thing they're not going to do is let you do it. <laughs> yeah. This will never work. So if you ever try to do this, guys, I'm just telling you, since we're in a place where sports betting is still really, 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 really young, this you will never get away with this. This will never work. They will always catch you if you try to do something like this. So just don't. And I cannot wait to hear what Jack says about this at 430. Oh, I'll be tuning in. I want to hear that. I just, I've never, it, the 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 bet itself couldn't be more dumb. But then explaining why they should take your bet, because you, like, I, I don't understand how it doesn't occur to the person, the guy that was making the bet, that you're showing your proof of your fraud to the people you would be defrauding. Because that's like, you're, you'd be defrauding the sports book. And you're like, but guys, I'm trying to rip you off. Look. Look at this you, information I got. Yeah, it, this info is good. I'm going to take you guys for this. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. In terms of like a, a stupid sports betting thing. Like at least like with Keyshawn, he was at least like kind of betting on himself to perform yeah. in parlays and stuff. Like I know that betting on games that you're involved in is like the ultimate no-no. But in some, in some ways, there's a little bit of nobility to it, right? If you're betting on yourself to win, like you get that. But this, hey guys, I've got inside info. I'm... Please, I'm trying to rip you off. Help me. Why won't you take my bet? Or to think that that would be like, oh, I see. The, the coach texted you. Got it. I'm blown away by that. Don't do it. It will never work. And, of course, the irony of that happening at the Great American Ballpark, like, just on Pete Rose Way. Like, why would you not think for a moment that the staff there would look at this and be like, so this guy walks into a sports book in Cincinnati, Ohio. And wants to bet $100,000 on a college baseball game in Louisiana. We should do that. Well, I remember when this happened. We talked at the time. And hey, Mark, I'm back. Thanks. Uh, Good to hear your voice, man. Oh, I'm glad to be back. I remember we talked at the time. We're like, 
it's in Cincinnati, Ohio, when like this guy's placing this bet. Of course, obviously the ties with Pete Rose, of course, is where that incident takes place is in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's perfect. It really is uh, just a, a perfect story. I know we're going to have Elliot Mattingly here uh, in just a couple of minutes, but I just love everything about that story. Uh, and it really does seem like we've had a rash of stories that really all kind of revolve around people just not knowing how to behave themselves now that gambling's allowed. Both athletes, right? We've had NFL players that were suspended for big chunks of this season, uh, a bunch of them for gambling inside their facilities, which they were told not to do. Obviously, everything that happened, what, at Iowa and Iowa State, that was a big deal. And, of course, there's all sorts of corruption kind of involved in that, right, uh, with uh, people thinking that uh, some of that, that stuff, uh, the law enforcement part of that was, was kind of corrupt too. So uh, don't try to get over on your gambling outfits that you like because they, they're, they're not going to fall for it. All right. We always talk with Elliot Mattingly from Court Physical Therapy at this time every week. Elliot, how is everything going, buddy? You doing okay? Yeah, I am. I, I am a little disappointed in the last week's games. But, yeah, everything else is going okay. But I went over 2 last week, so what are you going to do? You and me both, buddy. You and me. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, literally, this is the one Super Bowl I didn't want. <laughs> yeah. And you Out know, of the possibilities. Like, I'm, not, I'm not a, like, I don't like a dynasty unless it's my team having a dynasty. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, nothing against them. And the 49ers, you know, they've been there kind of recently. But, like, I'd love to see Dane Campbell's uh, halftime speech at the Super Bowl, but also like Lamar shining. You know, it's just it's what could have been. You know, so it's kind of a disappointment there. But uh, I'll still watch. You know, but I probably won't be as invested. Uh, before we get into a couple of uh, specifics, I wanted to ask about um, the fact that we're we're going from AFC and NFC champ, well AFC championship game at least that was in extremely cold weather, and the divisional rounds very cold, brutal. We're going to play the Super Bowl in a dome in Vegas. <laughs> is there any issue at all with playing from, sort of from week to week, or in this case two weeks, in climates that are that different? Do, our, does, do people, is there any extra risk involved in any of that acclimation that needs to happen again or anything like that? Do you think they'll be fine? No, I think they'll be fine. You know, it's, this is one of those times it's actually strange because they get two weeks to prepare, and, you know, you have people coming, you know, that can actually have time to recover from an injury, and then, uh, then they have a week to practice there to get acclimated with everything, get on the time. And, um, you know, it's funny. Like, you see games like, you know, uh, Buffalo where, like, the snow is unbelievable and it's just crazy cold in Kansas City. And then, oh, you made it through all the hard stuff. Now we're going to make it into, like, the most boring environment possible. But also that way you can have, like, a game where it's just straight up, I guess. I get it. But, like, sometimes it's kind of fun to see people play in the snow. But it definitely changes the impact of the game. Yeah, I think it's uh, the snow games and things like that. It's super fun for someone else to be in. I don't want to be in it, and I don't want my team in one. But I totally want <laughs> yeah, to watch someone else yeah. play it. Especially right? Tampa Bay. Oh yeah, God, you don't no! Want Tampa Bay in that. No, no, I don't. <laughs> not even a little bit. Uh, all right, Elliot. A couple of uh, questions uh, about some folks that are related to the the Super Bowl itself. Here, Joe uh, Thune didn't play in the AFC Championship game. Uh, is uh, reportedly going to be okay. Uh, and is going to give it uh, going to be able to go in the Super Bowl? We're talking about. Uh, I don't really know how often we've talked about pectoral injuries, uh, but in particular one with an offensive lineman. And I would think, mm -hmm. uh, in in terms of NFL players, offensive and defensive linemen, and maybe linebackers, but just like sort of the line of scrimmage guys, 
this is the worst guys to be trying to deal with some sort of pectoral injury, given what you do with your pectoral muscles and pushing in your arms and all that sort of thing. Like, this is literally what they do. Uh, how, how limiting do you think that sort of thing is for him? You know, so I, this was, it was interesting to look into this because, you know, we, we as a culture think about MRIs as this gold standard of telling us exactly what's going on. And, you know, the reports from him is that some have, like, called it a full tear. Others have called it a strain. And to think that they have all the technology they want at the drop of a hat, and they still can't give him a clean diagnosis. And that's really, for me, that's like almost, it just says, we got to listen to our bodies and we got to trust each other to try to do what's best for each other. Sometimes our pictures don't tell us exactly what's going on. And I think that's the case here because to go from two weeks ago, like, oh, it's, this thing is ruptured. It's fully torn. To in, even talking about coming back to play is just it's baffling. So it makes me think that it was probably misdiagnosed initially. And, you know, I agree with you, too. I don't think, you know, it's hard to say what position is worse for this. You know, but at, at a lineman where you've got massive people coming at you, where you have to press away. I mean, the thing about a bench press, that is, that is your pectoral muscles. You're, you're trying to keep your arms extended and trying to keep these behemoths from running you over. It's a little, it's a little bit, uh, a little tough there. So, but I agree too. Linebacker just because the impact and I feel like the risk of a re tear or a re injury is probably greater in somebody who's trying to tackle versus somebody who is holding or having somebody in front of them. You know, even if he was a uh, offensive tackle versus a guard, I think he'd probably be more at risk for further injury because you have people rushing the edge so much. You have Bosa coming at you. Like that would be a little bit riskier than inside where you can kind of keep them close to your body. When we talk about a pectoral injury, like typically what, what happened, what, what's actually injured uh, and, and are there like, are there, is there more than one? Like, are we talking about different ones and which one's most common then? Yeah. So that's, that's a great question. There are two. There's your, they call it your pectoralis major, which is the one that we see, you know, that's, that's your, that's your big chest muscle. Uh, it's like if you think about Terry Crews, you know what I'm talking about? Sure, yep. You know, he, he's bouncing in pec major like crazy. And then um, your pec minor lives underneath that. And, and usually when you have an injury, especially as an athlete, it's going to be your pec major that gets involved. And what happens is usually if you overextend your arm to the outside or forget, it, it gets some kind of uh, hard hit where it, it throws your arm backwards as you're trying to pull it forward. That's where you're going to have that strain or that, that pain. Um, that's why I'm thinking if you keep it close to your body, it should be a little bit less because it's not getting overly stretched. Um, but, you know, this is one of those that's kind of hard because if, if it really is torn, you know, their initial statement saying it was a full tear, that's a surgical procedure to fix that. And so I think that's why they were like, oh, no, he's done because he's going to have to have surgery on that. But the fact that he's coming back now still shows you that, like, okay, probably a misdiagnosis. If he's got some tearing, which is a strain is some tearing, it's more in the grade one area, maybe grade two, not that full tear of grade three. So we can give it a go. What do you think that they will do for him uh, between now and Super Bowl time just to sort of make it at least bearable, if anything? You know, so this, you definitely treat with some conservative treatment like dry needling and other different type of, of, you know, manual therapy to try to address some of that. Try to improve flexibility as much as you can. But what you end up doing, like, there's these things called armadillo braces. They're mostly meant for people who dislocate their shoulder, uh, and it tries to help keep that in place. But you could also use it for something like this because 
it can restrict how far your arm goes behind you. And so you think if you can limit or you block that motion that can, you know, maybe like make that pain worse or re-injure it a little bit, control it the best you can, you're setting your person up for a little bit more success. So there's, there's these braces that will restrict that motion. Uh, and I would imagine he would have something like that. Or, you know, once again, maybe it was a strong misdiagnosis. He comes out and ready to go. Uh, the only other uh, injury that I wanted to mention uh, for players that are sort of up in the air, the 49ers don't even have uh, Debo Samuel on their injury report now, so I think they sort of feel like they're out of the woods with his shoulder there. But Willie Gay also missed uh, the AFC Championship game, and he was purportedly going to be like the, the spy on Lamar. Well, they did all right without him. Uh, but he's dealing yeah, with a, okay. a neck injury. Uh, when we talk about a neck injury that could keep someone out for a week – but have them back in the Super Bowl, you know, two weeks later. What is the what typically what's injured in someone's neck? Because I don't even really know muscles and that sort of thing. Like, what's in there? What what are we hurting in our necks that we can't play and be back in a week? You know, it, it, that's what's tricky about our neck is that you know we don't talk about specifics a lot of times because there's so much in there. You know, there's a ton of these little bitty muscles that go and they help create stability and control of our neck. Like our nerves come through there, and like it's there's a lot going on there, like significant blood vessels and. So when you have an injury, you know, think about like somebody in a car accident and they have whiplash. You know, whiplash is this this sprain of all these ligaments that are in your neck, and then your body says, I don't know what the heck just happened. I'm going to tighten everything up, and you're not going to move. And it feels terrible. And then, like, we almost have to retrain your body that it's okay to move and nothing's damaged and all this kind of stuff. And, and think about the impact that these guys have at the linebacker position. Like, sometimes it's the equivalent of getting hit by a vehicle, and he's delivering the blow. So – there could be more of almost like a whiplash type feeling because, you know, reading through some of his reports, they talked about how he was finally ruled out because his, his neck started to get, uh, in, have increased stiffness. And that just tells me like his body's protecting something. We don't know what it is, but they didn't mention any like stingers. You've heard of a stinger where like your nerves get compressed in your neck and that creates pain down your arm. Didn't mention any of that. It just talked more about that neck stiffness. So my assumption would be more like, Maybe he had a little bit of a, like a head-to-head shot, and then that almost like jammed his neck, and his neck is in like a protective mode. Um, and it's one of those that if they loosen it up, he might go out and play, but also they'd see how effective uh, their backup was at, at, at spying on Lamar, and, and they think they can do the same with Purdy because he had some big runs that kind of sealed the deal for him the other night. Well, I did hey, – whatever happens, I, I was going to make a joke like, well, now he just has to spy Brock Purdy, which should be pretty – but – I don't want the one texter who is like the stan for Brock Purdy. We have one uh, who is out to get me for ever doubting Brock Purdy. Texter, I just want you to know I remember you. And, and I'm not saying anything bad about Brock Purdy now, even with an opportunity That's to hilarious. do so. Uh, any any special risk uh, since we talk about this, sort of your downstream impact, so to speak, uh, with, with playing yeah. through some of that? Uh, in particular, I guess I'm thinking, uh, is there any additional risk of concussions, I guess, with, with any sort of compromise to your neck? I would say yes. You know, think if you if your neck is stiff, you have a decreased range of motion. If you don't have enough range of motion, you go to tackle somebody where normally you could, you know, move your head enough to the side where you're hitting more with your shoulder. Maybe you don't get your head out of the way enough, and you do have a little bit more of a direct impact. And that concussion, spinal cord injuries, all those would be of an increased risk. So restoring somebody's range of motion is like top tier what you have to do when you're working with a, a football player with a neck injury. Got to get their motion back because – they have to get their head out of the way the best they can to protect themselves. So um, 
yeah, you're exactly right. It's a, it's a bit sketchy, but um, it can be done. You know, we have a lot of good tools to improve somebody's range of motion in a pretty quick fashion. You know, so he might have, you know, you know, he might improve his stiffness and his, his motions better, but it might still hurt. And he might give it a go because, you know, it's one of those things you don't know if you're ever going to get back to the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's, sometimes these guys will take risks that, that in real life maybe they wouldn't ever take, but this is their opportunity. All right, Elliot. If folks want to find out uh, how you guys at Court Physical Therapy can get them ready for whatever their Super Bowl is, uh, where can they go? Yeah, give us a call at 1-800-645-COURT. Uh, check us out at court.com. Or apparently, you know, tweeting and texting. Mark, you know, we're getting, you, you've been sending me some of these things. I love hearing the questions from your listeners, and uh, I think it creates a good conversation for us. So uh, contact me that way, too. <laughs> All right, Elliot. We'll talk to you again next week, buddy. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Elliot Mattingly from Court Physical Therapy. Appreciate him uh, and his insight into things. Uh, another texture, by the way, uh, Spencer, uh, informing me that the better, the person making the bet is, is Burt Neff, who pitched for Louisville and Indiana. And Interesting. I think his, his son was a pitcher for Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always some sort of connection. We're the Kevin Bacon of anything weird in sports. Oh, I got you. I just want to know, have you ever uh, reached out to uh, Jeff Walls to try to get a feel for a woman? <laughs> it's like a big 100K on a women's basketball game. That's not a red flag at all. God, could you imagine? <laughs> Good man, like women's basketball is is growing. A uh, hundred thousand dollar bet on baseball, though college baseball, in the middle of the year. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, regular season. <laughs> like that was your first mistake. Was like Absol- right, right. Yeah, like if you feel comfortable, hundred dollars. I don't know. That's probably standard, I guess, for some people. It's like yeah, that'd be no red flag there. And then like the insistence of. This is going to hit. Like what the? And like I, I'm going to show you these. <laughs> like it's like okay, let us adjust our line too. And now we're gonna. You can t- place the money bets minus four hundred now. I, I, it it does make you wonder if that person truly has any idea how bets work, right? Like, do you not? How do you not understand that you would? You're admitting to the people you would be ripping off. Like, does he think he's ripping off LSU? Well, it's Alabama because he's his friend is the Alabama baseball coach is why I took the story. And I mean, well, I, I'm saying, but he, like, he doesn't understand that, like, by trying to get that bet over with that info, you're asking, you're trying to take money from the sports book. Yeah, like I when the first broke like a while back, I was like, oh, he just he knows something. And now that we know today, he's like, hey, I actually do know stuff, and he's telling them, like, yeah, how stupid are you gonna be for this? Like, you don't tell them. Hey, I'm ripping you off. It's like, oh, by the way, police officer, I'm going to just drive off right now. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I've opted out of this attempted crime. <laughs> I decided to leave. Just an incredible story. Uh, and again, I'll just remind everybody, the lesson of that story is you're not getting over on a gambling outfit. They will figure you out. Trust me. All right. Hour number one here uh, in the books. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. I want to talk a little bit more about what's happening with uh, with Boston College, and just sort of the overall kind of coaching changes in, in the world of college football here on the other side. On the drive on a Thunderville, right back.